What is going on, family members? Let me try that one more time. What is going on, family members? Welcome back to the island. It is Wednesday, October 6th. Still in the midst of Libra season. Once again, shout out to all my Libras out there. Got a good show lined up for you guys today. Um, once again, recapping week four, uh, last week's um, season, or last week in the in the NFL, you know, games that matter, games that kind of surprised us. Uh, we're going to preview a little bit of week five. Um, give you a couple of games to watch, a couple of games to keep an eye out for. And then we're going to be talking about whether or not sportsmanship is still important in, in pro sports. We know it is in, in children's sports and, you know, we try to teach it to kids growing up, but pros, it seems like there are different rules sometimes for them. Um, so, you know, we're going to, we're going to dive, dive into that a little bit later on today. <clears throat> but first off, week four in the NFL was a fun one. Uh, for many reasons, Washington beat the Falcons. It was not in the fashion that me or my guy coach would have liked for them to beat them in, but you know they did. And in in the NFL, as people say, a win is a win. Um, people also say all professional teams are good, so you know there's that. I guess to consider, Washington didn't look good though. You know we we came into the season thinking that that the defense was going to be quote unquote elite. Uh, we are finding out more and more every week that they are not, that they are far from it. Um, not only just the secondary, not playing well, our linebacking core is probably the worst in the league. And our front four is not getting pressure on the quarterback at all. They, they have, I believe they have four sacks on the year, four or five sacks on the year. Um, and that's only in their first and most recent games. They got one against Matt Ryan and the other one in the first week against um, the Chargers. So, you know, other than that, one other big thing we saw over the weekend was the um, Tennessee Titans lose to the winless Jets, a team that I thought was going to go 0-17 this, this season them and the Detroit Lions. I still believe the Detroit Lions will go 0-17. Um, I did have the Jets going 0-17. So it was kind of it was kind of shocking a little bit, a lot of bit actually, to um to see the Titans lose. Uh especially to the Jets. You know, I've never been huge on Ryan Tannehill. I think he has the benefit of the best running back in the league behind him. Uh, Tennessee went out and got uh, another dynamic weapon in Julio Jones, which, you know, him and A.J. Brown were both out on on Sunday. Oh, it's, you know, to, to a certain extent, you have to give Ryan Tannehill a little bit of credit for or cut him some slack, rather. But so you don't lose to the Jets. If you're a good team, if you're a good quarterback, as uh, people claim you are, if you're a top 10 quarterback, as some people claim you to be, there's no reason you should be losing to the Jets. It shouldn't even have been a close game. You know, if if the game would have been close and still would have eked out a win, I guess you can use the argument top two receivers were out. Um, but the fact that Zach Wilson threw one less yard on nine less attempts, I'm sorry, on nine less catches on 15 less attempts, I think the number was, um, it, it's just unacceptable. If you're Ryan Tannehill, if you're Mike Rabel, if you're that anybody a part of that uh, Tennessee Titans organization, you guys have to take a long, good, long, hard look um, at yourselves in the mirrors and and figure out where to go from there. 
Um, other than that, you know, um, I don't know if you guys heard this guy named Tom Tom Brady. Tom Brady, I think his name is. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Uh, he went back to his old team, old stomping grounds up there in uh in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Went back to New England and uh, did not carve the Patriots up like some people, including myself, thought he was going to do, which was rather shocking. You know, Mac Jones, Mac Jones held his own. They did a video for him, for Tom Brady, right before the game, which from what I saw was, you know, it was nice. Um, but the problem that a lot of people had was when <laughs> Tom Brady broke the all-time passing yards record he broke drew Brees's old record which drew Brees set i think two or three years ago against washington on a monday night game you know all they did was i i guess on the actual throw itself he had tied the record and then bill belichick was kind of like yeah just move it up a yard give him the yard so they can say he broke it and then let's move on with our lives which was one of I'm trying to think of the right words because i, I don't want to use certain words but but it was one of the most cowardice things a lot of people have ever seen including myself um i thought it was it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty messed up i will say that but honestly i doubt tom brady really cared especially when i talked about last week the article that came out the espn article that came out <coughs> excuse me and just his whole relationship with Bill Belichick and especially towards the end uh, 2017, he pretty much said he didn't want to play there anymore. He was ready to go. Um, Cause you know, it was speculated or not even expect it was reported on that at one point Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady. Um, Robert Kraft said no. And that's a, as essentially like a few other steps in between, but that's how Jimmy Garoppolo ended up getting traded to the um to the 49ers but so with that whole that whole relationship i'm not really surprised that bill belichick would do something like that just to be like oh you know i i gave him a yard because he, he doesn't care about that i don't think tom brady really truly i'll say this i think tom brady truly cared about it and still does but obviously he's not going to show it if he asked about it, he's going to say, you know, I, I didn't really care. You know, I was just focused on winning the ball game. And, you know, that's what, that's what they're supposed to do. But, you know, a little preview of week five. Week five is going to be interesting. Got a lot of good games. A lot of good games. Um, we got Jets-Falcons in London. And that game's going to be interesting when, because, because, one, the Jets are coming off a, a surprising win. So they're getting a little bit of momentum and they get to play another bad team um, in the Atlanta Falcons. And it's in London. So the game's in London with the time difference because a lot of analytical people. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm still keeping an eye on this baseball game. Uh, Turner just hit a home run for the Dodgers. I know it's not a baseball show, but just. You know, if you happen to be watching, not paying attention to the baseball game right now, Turner just hit a home run for the Dodgers, tied it up 1-1 in the bottom of the fourth. No outs. But as I was saying, the Jets coming off a shocking win against the Titans, against the Messiah himself, and you have them going to London against another bad football team, 
a team that we, my team just beat on Sunday, who I will say they beat a bad football team, which I was not en- entirely happy with the outcome and how it was, how close it was. I didn't like that. But, you know, again, a win's a win. But they're going to London, and the analytical people always make a big deal about, you know, when West Coast teams go to the East Coast to play and then the time difference and internal clock, stuff like that. I've never really been one for that side of analytics, I, I guess, because the logic behind that is for a West Coast team. So let's say you're the Chargers. Just like week one, Chargers went to D.C., Orlando, over technically, to play Washington. The game started at 1 o'clock Eastern time, which was 10 o'clock Pacific time. Now, when West Coast teams play at home, like the Seahawks and the Chargers, and their games start at 1 o'clock. So for them to be playing at 10 o'clock in the morning, I guess it, people believe it messes with their internal clocks and they don't play as well. So the fact that both these teams are going over all the way to um, London to play this game, it could mess them up. You never know how it's really going to turn out. I think it's going to be a very interesting game to keep an eye on. Obviously, tomorrow night's game is is a big one. A lot of, lot of implications amplifications ramification i'm gonna go with that word ramifications you know rams against the seahawks you know in seattle at lumen field you know one of the hardest places to play you if, if you're not seattle if you're not the home team and that's no matter how good or bad seattle actually is so seattle's 4-0 on thursday night football russell wilson has looked like has been looking like the Russell Wilson we all come to expect early in the season. Last year, he played very well through the first six or seven games, was leading, you know, MVP race. And then he kind of just fell off as as well as the team itself. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting game to, to watch. Um, if you are watching the game, I'm actually going to be at that game tomorrow. So if you see me, you know, take a picture, post it, hashtag Cruise Island. Come on. Um, get my face out there so people know another one Bengals and Packers only because we're going to see what the Packers are really made of. You know, if you watch overreaction Monday uh, the other day, I said that the, my biggest overreaction was that the Bengals were going to win the AFC North. Um, I don't know how much I truly believe that, but I've kind of garnered a reputation for kind of outlandish takes. And that was probably the most outlandish take that I could come up with. That was semi-believable that even I could, you know, convince myself of. Bengals have looked really good through the first four games. Um, Joe Burrow on Thursday night, last Thursday, looked cool, calm, and collected. You know, after he led the team on a game-winning drive, he he told his players on the sideline, put the ball in my hands, it's over. And I like that from, from certain players, especially quarterbacks. So we're going to see what the Bengals are truly made of. Cincinnati has actually won three of the last four against Green Bay. So, you know, if, if they're able to make the Packers look and and the Saints, they laid the blueprint in week one on how to beat this team. Are the Bengals going to be able to follow it? We'll see. I think it's definitely going to be a good game to watch. Uh, speaking of Saints, obviously, my personal game to watch is going to be Washington against New Orleans because New Orleans is not a great team. They made Aaron Rodgers look incompetent in week one. Um, but Jameis Winston has not looked great every single week of this season. 
So there is a chance it could be a high scoring game. It probably will be. Uh, there is a chance for Washington to surprise people. I don't know what the spread is at the moment. Uh, but Washington has allowed 30 points, 30 and a half points per game this season, which is third most in the league, which is kind of scary. But we're also, especially the last, okay, given you take out the Bills game, which was, you know, um, embarrassing. And probably, and and the Bills are going to end up being the best defense in the league. I truly believe that. Uh, they they say they certainly look like that right now. Uh, so take that game out and the game against the Chargers, where the game plan was built around around Ryan Fitzpatrick. You look at the two games that that Taylor Heineke has played in, uh, played very well, p- scored in in the thirties. So you know we can score we can score thirty points per game. Um, it's just a matter of stopping teams, which right now this team cannot do. Uh, and then. Another game I'm going to be looking at is Giants Cowboys because that that game obviously means a lot to me and my team as far as the standings goes. If Giants are able to pull out the win, which I don't think they will, you know, regardless of what happens in our game, if we win, it'll put us in first place. If we uh, if we lose and the and the Cowboys still lose, we're still within striking distance. We're still within a game, so that's going to be a game that I'm going to keep a close eye on. Sunday night game, Bills and Chiefs, two powerhouses. It's a rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. Supposed to be, it's it's going to be a good game, you know, with the Chiefs not looking like the Chiefs as of late. They're right now they're sitting at two and two, last place in, in the division. Um, so we're going to see if they can bounce back. And especially against a good team like the Bills, who, with the exception of that Pittsburgh game, has just been on a complete roll. Given they play Washington and and Houston, two of those games, and completely blanked a rookie quarterback playing, you know, on the road. Um, and and a personal one, just for me, it's not a very sexy matchup, but just a personal game that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on for me and my boys at the network is Titans and Jags. Again, Titans coming off that really, really bad loss against uh, the Jets. And dear, please, baby Jesus, let them lose to Jacksonville on Sunday. Not a religious person, but please, dear baby Jesus, let them lose to Jacksonville on Sunday. My camera roll is loaded with memes. They're just being, they're just waiting to be sent out. And, I, and if I don't get to use them, I'm going to be very upset because they're good memes. They're good memes. They're good Photoshop jobs. And I'm going to be very, very sad if I don't get to use them on Sunday. So I'm going to be paying very, very close attention to that Giants game. or I'm sorry, the Jaguars and Titans game. And it is in Jacksonville. So, you know, Urban Meyer might, uh, he might have inspired this his team. and say, man, you're getting grinded up on by these teams. 20-year-old white women, like, hey, if we win some games, maybe we might get to as well. You never know. <laughs> but on that note, um, give a quick shout-out to this show sponsor and sponsor of the network, mybookie.ag. Use promo code off the ball O-F-F-T-H-E-B-A-L-L. I'm going to take myself off the screen real quick. 
AG. Last but not least, is sportsmanship important in pro sports? That's supposed to say sports, not sports. Mainly football is the sport we're talking about today. But just in general, growing up, I was always taught, um, be a good sport to, you know, the, the, the usual stuff, shake hands, good game. Don't talk down on your opponent. Don't do anything like that. Always be respectful. If, you know, if your opponent falls down, help them up, stuff like that. I learned growing up. I'm sure we all learned that growing up. One of the biggest ones is don't run up the score or don't do something that you don't have to. Don't do something unnecessarily. Now, last week in the Ravens game against Denver, the Baltimore Ravens had a streak of 100 straight or of however many straight games with 100 yards rushing. With three seconds left on the clock, they ended up winning the game, I think, 38 to 7, I think was the final score. I'm gonna try to look it up right now. But that that was it was something like that. I know that I know Denver scored the first seven points and didn't score again after that. I'm pretty sure the score was 38 to 7. Let's just say it was that because it was definitely a blowout. With three seconds left, instead of doing what any normal team coach would do and kneel the ball, John Harbaugh decided to call a run play get however many yards he needed to get to that 100-yard mark and keep the streak alive. Of course, Denver's coach didn't like it. Um, I can't remember the exact words he he used, but he wasn't a fan of it, and a lot of people in the media weren't. But my biggest question is, why does it matter? You don't like that he ran the ball, so stop them. Don't let him run the ball. We saw this back in 2015 with Cam Newton. Him and, and it wasn't to the same same extent, but him when he would score a touchdown dancing in the end zone, stuff like that. Teams didn't like it. They would push him after he got done dancing. His team would come to his defense and it'll start like a little little mini put shoving match between the two teams. And I I said the same thing then. If you don't like him dancing in the end zone after he scores a touchdown, don't let him score a touchdown. Simple as that. He's only dancing in there because he scored. If he doesn't score, he doesn't dance. Easy day. Very simple solution. Same thing here. Um, If Denver... If Denver's coach did not, Vic Fangio did not want them to run the ball with three seconds left to try to keep the score, keep the streak alive, you just should have stopped him on that play and on any other play. So he would not have been in a position to feel the desire, to even have the desire to run with three seconds left to keep the streak alive. That simple. Do better. But, but it brings up, and and it brings up an interesting point because again we're taught these things growing up 
were taught these things as kids. But yet when our kids see them done in professional settings and professional sports, you know, I would imagine at least one or two kids has to ask, why? Why are they doing it? Well, if they do it, why can't I do it? If Richard Sherman trash talks, why can't I trash talk? And my answer is you can. At a certain age, I guess, I would say. Like my son, he's six right now. If if he were in sports and he were, he and he tried to trash talk his opponent, I guess I would say something right now. Something along the lines of, hey, like, you know, essentially be nice. I don't know what exactly I would say in that situation, but I would definitely say something along the lines of, you know, be nice. But once he hits like the teenager, especially once he's in high school, I feel like at least have a certain level of respect and sportsmanship. Perfect example, I think. Uh, for we just got done with our softball league, and we had a few females on the team who, and in females, especially in softball, you you watch the the college women's college world series, and Women's Olympics, they are loud in that dugout. They're loud, chanting their chants. They're loud, and sometimes some people would say obnoxious. If I was going up against them, I would say they're obnoxious. Uh, same thing in Olympic sports. I think they're still pretty loud. Men's sports, you don't really see that, especially in men's baseball. You don't see that at all at all. You don't see it in college baseball. You don't see it, definitely don't see it in the pros. Um. So in in one of our games, the pitcher ended up pitching, and we played slow pitch, so not, nothing crazy. The pitcher kept pitching really inside. He kept throwing balls, and the females on, especially one female that we had on our team, loud as hell, would laugh every time he threw a ball, would laugh every time that they walked. You walk somebody. When he walked her, she, like, side-shuffled. Side and was like, told you, you're scared to pitch to me. Like, and she was loud and obnoxious. And to where, like, words were exchanged between her, the pitcher, and myself, the pitcher. Like, the whole team, both teams going back and forth. But at the end of the game, we all lined up, shook their hands, good game, and went on with our day. You know, it, you don't hold, unless anything, like, truly crazy happens, I feel like like once the game is over, you could go back to that. You can turn it off and still appreciate, you know, the game that was played. There was one instance where two commands ago, again, softball league, uh, one of the other players slid hard for no reason. Like it, he was clearly out. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even a tag situation. It was a force out at second. And it was a force out of second, and it was already two out. So we weren't trying to turn a double player and doing anything like that. We were literally just, it was just a, a quick toss to second, inning was over. But the opposing team's player felt the need to slide. Slide hard, slide late, and slide straight into my second baseman's ankle. Now that, stuff like that, is a different story. 
You know, you you run on the last play of the game, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, you could get hurt. There, there's always a chance for a freak accident. You could get hurt. Stuff like that. But to slide pointlessly for no reason into somebody's ankles, completely uncalled for. Almost led to a fight. Almost did, not going to lie. Um, But at the end of the game, when we did our line to good game, good game, um, nobody on our team shook this man's hand. Nobody dapped him up. Nobody said anything to him. We all dropped our hands down as soon as it came to him. Everybody else dapping up, fist bump, good game, good game, good sticks, nice hitting, nice fielding, your goat. You good? Hey, good game. I like it. Once it was his turn, we all put our hands down. We we had nothing to say to him. There was no reason to. And again, then obviously he felt some type of way about it. Almost led to another, you know, scuffle after. But we all kept our composure. But I think that's where you kind of draw the line to teach kids. Because when when you trash talking, I I feel like is a part of the game. Is a part of any game. You can make it a part of any game. Um, that's one thing I pride myself in when I, especially when I play football, especially when you know pickup games, a basketball, football, whatever the sport is. I like to get under my my opponent's skin. I like to get in his head. Um, I think who was it? Shannon Sharp used to say all the time. He, one of his famous stories is that. I get in I think it was against Denver. He told the person lined up against him, like, oh yeah, this is your girlfriend. Like he got homeboy's girl's number somehow and like just said the number to him. And he was like, Yo, that's my girl's number. And Shannon Sharp was like, Yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. And like dude, dude was messed up the whole game. Stuff like that. <coughs> it's fine. Um, if you catch a pass on somebody, I've been known to do it. If I catch a pass on somebody, I look at them, you trash. You, you can't, you don't even deserve to be out here with me right now. Go sit down, get, get somebody else out here. I want to challenge. Or if I'm playing defense, I'm guarding somebody. Uh, and I knock the ball away. Just knock the ball away, let alone get a pick. Knock the ball away. Bro, go sit down. That was scary. My scissors just fell a little bit by themselves. And I'm low-key scared right now. I've seen way too many scary movies to uh, be comfortable right now. But you know what? Hey, if I die today, I ain't got to go to work tomorrow. It's my philosophy. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, if, if I just knock the ball away, I'm talking. Oh, I'm talking. You don't deserve to, again, you don't deserve to be out here with me. Go sit down. Don't throw, and I and I even carried over to the quarterback. Don't throw my way. You should have known better. Why are you putting your man in bad situations like that? That's just dumb. You got to use your brain. Stuff like that. Trash talk. And of course, when people catch passes on me, or if they knock passes away from me, I got to put my head down, and I got to hear it too. It goes both ways. But once the game is over, as long as nothing dirty was done, as long as nobody tried to hurt me, I didn't try to hurt anybody else intentionally. Once the game is done, 
shake hands, dap them up. A good game. We had a good battle. Can't wait to do it again. That's it. But where do we draw the line between the professional athletes in the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and our children? At what point do we tell our kids, yes, it's okay to trash talk. It's okay to say certain things. You know, my, my biggest rule, my normal rule, don't say, don't say nothing about nobody's mama. I don't care. You say something about my mama, I'm swinging. And I would, I would never say anything about your mom either. That's pretty much my only line. Girlfriends and wives, within reason, I would say, like, hey, you got your girl's number? Cool. That's whatever. Hey, I slid into your girl's DMs the other day. All right. Hey, tiptoeing. But to 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 mention anything about hooking up with or touching somebody's girlfriend or wife, I think that's where that's where we draw the line. But again, where do we draw the line between what we are okay with in professional sports and with what we teach our kids? Of course, and, and of course, that's a a parent's decision on what they want to teach their kids. Because you know, some some people really just aren't about that trash talking life like they they don't not about it and it's cool people like andrew luck andrew luck is notorious for being the nicest person ever in the nfl he would get hit while throwing a laser to ty hilton for a touchdown he would get up he wouldn't say anything like see it doesn't matter oh you hit like a girl oh you're soft get up like man that was a good hit you actually hurt me a little bit that was a good hit. You strong. Stuff like that. I could never. Hashtag can't relate. But again, I digress. Again, where we where do we draw the line between what we're okay with in professional sports and what we teach our kids? And I feel like I did get a little off time because it was mainly about I don't even want to say running up the score. He literally just ran the ball to keep a streak alive. I think it was 100 yards rushing per, you know, for a game. It was whatever the streak was. I know it had to do with rushing, so they caught a rushing play, gained like three yards, kept their, kept their streak alive. Okay, who cares? Yeah, you can be mad about it. You can be upset. You can call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, if you don't like it, just stop them. It's that simple. It is that simple. Freaking simple. And that's, that's something I will never understand. I will never comprehend. But with that being said, we're about to call it a night. It's a rather short episode. Um, I got I got a long day tomorrow. I got work. And then, like I said, me and my wife are going to be in Seattle uh, for the game. But if you like the show... Definitely hit that like, whether you're watching on Twitter slash Periscope, uh, Facebook, or you catching clips, catching the rerun. I always appreciate it. I always appreciate feedback. Let me know what you thought in the comments. What are your games to watch? Um, I was going to talk about... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. I had it written down and I forgot about it. But I'm going to talk about... We're, we're 
four games into the NFL season. We're a quarter of the way done, a little less since, since there's technically 17 games now. But we're going to go ahead and do give a quick little quarter of the season awards real quick, uh, starting with Defensive Rookie of the Year, our boy Asante Samuel Jr. with the L.A. Chargers. He's been targeted 21 times, only allowed 10 catches for 87 yards total. Uh, two picks and has only given up one touchdown. Defensive Rookie of the Year is always hard to gauge, especially this early in the season. Um, I know Michael Parsons, he's played he's played, he's played pretty well. He's definitely in the conversation. Um, but I think Asante Samuel, as of right now, kind of running away with the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year usually goes to a quarterback. But right now, this year, um, since the NFL is has real rules regarding rookies, uh, Joe Burrow cannot be considered a rookie. So it goes to his teammate, Jamar Chase. 17 catches, 297 yards on those 17 catches with 14 touchdowns. <clears throat> um, He's playing better than any of the rookie quarterbacks right now. Trey Lance has only played one game. Justin Fields has played a little bit here and there. Um, he who was just named the starter earlier today, so that could change. Zach Wilson, with the exception of against the Titans, has looked like absolute, absolute boiled hot dog water. Uh, full offense if you eat boiled hot dogs. And Trevor Lawrence hasn't hasn't really looked like the golden child that we all anticipated he was going to, which given, you know, it, the NFL game is completely different from the college game, so they say. But right now, Jamar Chase is balling out. I still think to this day, I think he was trolling everybody with that comment about, oh, it's hard to see the ball because he looks like he's having no problem seeing the ball and scoring touchdowns. Um, my MVP through first four weeks of the season is uh, that little-known quarterback that I was talking about. He's very under the radar. Not, not a lot of people have heard of him. Uh, Tom Brady. I know a lot of people want to put Kyler Murray in there right now, and I definitely think he's in the conversation. I really do. I think he's as long as he doesn't have like like a Russell Wilson type meltdown next year or this year, like Russell Wilson had late in the last half of the season last year. Um, I think Kyler, Kyler Murray, he's definitely going to be in the conversation and, and have a really, really good chance of winning it. And I think he will win it over Tom Brady just because it's a newer name. People are going to want him to win just because of the whole, oh, he's too short, he's too small, he's too this, he's too that, he's, he can't. He can't flourish in the NFL. He can't see over the linemen. So I think that's going to play a lot into voters, into voters' minds when, when they go to vote. Uh, but right now, for me personally, Tom Brady, 1,356 yards, 1,356 yards, good for second in the league. That's at 339 yards per game, also second. Both of those second behind. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, 10 touchdowns right now. That has him. He's good for third. And he's leading the league with first downs with 72. So, again, I get the whole Kyler Murray stuff. I really do. Right now, for me, Tom Brady, the fact that Tom Brady is 87 years old, that he's still doing it, like we we really we really might be seeing this man for the next 10 years playing at a high level. But I will give, the one thing I will give Kyler Murray, though, is that he is leading the best team in the league. <clears throat> I think that's without doubt. You can make arguments, but the fact that they are 4-0 in that division where a lot of people were kind of iffy about them, we knew that this was going to be the best division going in. 
but the fact that we didn't know who was going to be where. We all kind of agreed. Most of us did agree that the Rams were going to be on top. You know, Seattle was going to be somewhere in the mix. Then San Francisco, depending on how Jimmy G played. And I, I think a lot of people had Arizona possibly finishing last in the division. I didn't. Uh, but some people, Mo did. Sorry, I didn't mean a name drop like that. But, you know, some people had them finishing last. I, I have Seattle finishing last. And that division was right now. That's what it's looking like is going to happen if the season keeps playing out the way it is right now. But Arizona is just, they're just dominating. Tyler Murray's playing at a high level. Uh, they're right now the only undefeated team in the NFL. And they're sitting atop that dangerous, that very, very scary division. So I got to give them best team through the first quarter of the season. Of the season. And on that note, that is where I'm going to be ending it tonight. I hope you all have a great evening, a great night. Have a great Thursday. I hope you all finish out your week strong. Get ready for the weekend. Let me know what you think of anything I said today. Who are your award winners for the first quarter of the season? Your games to watch going into week five. And do you think sportsmanship is still important in professional sports? Let me know what you think in any of the comments. Um, if you happen to listen on Spotify, that will be and is the question down in the show notes. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and answer that question. Let me know what you think. I'll talk about it on the next show. And with that, I am out.